0: To the Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwall, United States Marine Corps, retired, standing guard on the Wall of Freedom. Welcome back, Patriots. This is the Gunny. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I have an absolute wonderful guest again on the Patriot Cause. This is a true patriot, and a, what a patriot really means is when the government suppresses you. To an extent where your internal heart and your mind goes back to the original constitution that developed this country. And this man is a a great example of a patriot, a person that believes in his heart through the actual rights that God has given us to be able to fight against tyranny in this country, specifically communism, which is what we're dealing with. And I want to present to you Brad Miller, a former lieutenant colonel in the army. Unfortunately, he had to leave the army before he could retire and get his full benefits. <laughs> wow, what a patriot. I mean, that that's incredible that a person believes in this country in their heart so much that they're willing to give up, you know, a full retirement type thing in the military. And I believe Brad's days are going to be a whole lot better than he was when he was in the army. So welcome to the podcast, Brad.
1: Hey, thanks. Hey, what a, what a great honor for me to be here. And I will tell you what, that, um, you know, whatever happened for me to get to where I am now, I have met some incredible people in, uh, in, in just the last week and a half or so. And uh, and one of those is you. You know, you and I chatted yesterday. We've, we've chatted a little bit today. And I am just honored to uh, to be here and speak to somebody who I feel like is is in the fight and truly understands what, uh, what patriotism is. And what I'll say, uh, because I'm right there with you on what patriotism is, I think this is a word that a lot of people use they don't really know what it means. And, um, I'm with, I'm with Mark Twain on patriotism where he says, Hey, you know, a patriot loves his country always. And, you know, supports the government when the government deserves it. And, um, <laughs> you know, the, the government is not the country. The, the, yeah. Those are not, those are not synonyms. You don't, you know, sometimes if you, if you love your country, you got to realize that the, the, the government is not your friend. And right now the the government is not our friend.
0: <laughs> oh no, absolutely. Well, You think about the polls, right? Now, you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt when you talk about polls. Who's going to get elected? Who's ahead of who before it actually happens? But I am confident that the polls about the president, the polls about Congress is accurate. And it has been tremendously accurate over the last 20 years. People are fed up with people getting elected going into these positions. And forgetting how in the world they got there in the first place, sure. You know, and they get into this swamp called DC, and all of a sudden they are brought into this this massive corrupt world. We do have a few representatives: Bolbert, etc. Uh, Margie Green Taylor, I think that's her name, or something like that. Uh, she's you know fighting. But we we don't we can't do this with two or three. Mm-hmm. We have to have hundreds of people in Congress to change what's going on from a federal perspective. But what's the good news is American citizens have the power, whether they believe it or not. We have the power and the ability to change this country from the bottom up, from our local our state, and then eventually, federal if you get the state and the local together and the people together and the communities together the federal government has no ability whatsoever to to do it and that's what we need to do
1: yeah i mean i'm fully on board with that you know i'm a um you know i'm a i'm a federalist you know with a with a small f meaning that you know when you go back to the 1787 philadelphia convention the the way our system is designed, the federal government has its power that has been delegated you know, by the states. I mean, that's where the that's where the the power and the authority comes from. So when you look at the states, or you look at the people, the citizens of those those respective states, that's really where the federal government gets its authority from. And a lot of times, clearly, a lot of people in the federal government have have inverted that idea. But sadly, I think there are a lot of citizens that also have inverted that idea. They don't realize that they're actually the ones who. Who, where, where the um, where the authority begins. Now you know, and, and we're not a we're not a we're we're not exactly a democracy. I mean, again, this term gets thrown around a lot, but we do have some yes. democratic elements in our in our country, right. and I mean, the the people do have do have some uh, some authority, and people got to understand that. But it requires some action. You know, one, people got to educate themselves, but two, people need to stand up and they need to realize that there are some some resources available um, that we can use to try and, and move things in the right direction.
0: Well thing about it is is what what confuses me as an American citizen, but not as a person that understands communism. What confuses me is we're a republic where the individual states were designed to be in charge of their people, you well, know, or Support their people. That's the best way to say it. And represent their people in each state. And therefore, with the 50 states that are designed, if you your government and the people that you're dealing with in your state is not adhering to how you feel, well, there's another state you can go to. Mm-hmm. That's the whole purpose of it. And just like the electoral college, these, these leftists just They don't get it. They think that just because you got millions of people in New York, millions of people in L.A., that all of a sudden they're going to make it a decision of the little guy in Alabama or the little guy in North Carolina. That's what we're dealing with. We're not dealing with republic
2: ideology
0: anymore. We're dealing with communism infiltrating into our country so that the powers to be become federal.
1: It's, yeah, I mean, it's that simple. Yeah, I mean, we've we what we've seen is a um, is a movement over time to consolidate more power at the at the federal level at the expense of the states and the people. You know, and I'm from North Carolina, so obviously one of the original 13 colonies and then states. But if you look on if you look on the North Carolina flag, there are two dates on that flag may 20th 1775 and then april twelfth, seventeen 1776 sadly i think one in a hundred north carolinians may know what those dates represent but if you ask a a north carolina historian they will tell you uh that north carolina was the first state to declare independence and you can look at the that 1776 date the halifax resolves but that may 20th 1775 date is from the uh, the mecklenburg declaration of independence now that is historically disputed and that's that's not necessarily my point my point is is that you know i'm from a state that was uh that was kind of leading the charge on on uh on independence so where is this spirit of independence and forging your own destiny that americans used to have
0: well there's two things involved in that number one the majority of americans in this country are blessed Highly blessed. You know, we live the good life. That's the best mm-hmm. way to explain it. However, if you take that ideology of the good life and say, well, the government, the federal government is what's providing me that good life. Right. Then that's the direction you go. Number two that's associated with this is the breakdown of the actual family community structure. Sure. sure. That's, that's what we're dealing with we're dealing with people that, uh, think that in, in their mind, you know, everything goes, yeah. you know, utopia, just, you know, wokeness is exactly that, that, that definition. And, you that, know,
1: yep. and,
2: and,
1: I grew, and I grew up and, and, you know, Gunny, I think you're one, maybe two years older than I am. But, um, you know, when we grew up, uh, you loved your country. That was taught to you. That was instilled to you, you know, when you yes. were when you were growing up. And I grew up in uh in a patriotic household in a patriotic community. And I mean, that's that's probably where my history begins in terms of uh, that desire that I had to end up in the military. You know, and then I I ended up at school at West Point and kind of my that's where my military trajectory began. You know,
0: absolutely. So. Just in case you didn't know, I've been retired from the Marine Corps over twenty years.
1: <laughs> that was a that was, that was a joke. That was a joke. I was retired. I was <laughs>
0: retired before you even came Yeah, there. that was a,
1: that was a joke. I was giving you a bone there. Yeah, yeah.
0: I know, I like it. I love it. Thank you so much for that. All right, so let me ask you this:
2: mm-hmm.
0: We want to know what happened. Sure. Where did in this transformation uh, specifically go back to twenty twenty one when Mm -hmm. this virus hit you know how did this you know envelop into the military to where it became and let me stress this i was in the military for 20 years the first three or four years i took the flu vaccine every year Mm -hmm. and i got sick every single time after getting it i -hmm. haven't had a flu shot since 1986. And I've never had the flu yep. since 1986.
2: Yep. So, you know,
0: this, this mandatory vaccine world, I, I believe it is a massive control of the government on the people. So tell us your story. Why are you here? And what happened during your time frame?
1: Yeah, great. So, so what I would say, um, I think a lot of people are going to start questioning uh, the uh, the healthcare establishment, you know, um, and rightfully so. I mean, that that needs to happen. Probably should happen a long time ago. What I will say is, what we're seeing right now in the country is is much larger than just COVID. Much larger, m- much larger than just these um, these so called injections, which I don't even, you know, they're not even real vaccines. Um, the problem is, is that somehow we got to this point where our country was even able to perpetrate this amongst its citizens. Like how, how did we even get to this point? But somehow we did. Right. So, so I think this has been going on a really long time, but what I will tell you is if we, if we start looking at 2020 forward. So I was in um I was in South Korea at the time. And uh, so I was stationed over there from 2017 to 2020. So I was there when all of this began and I was, I will tell was you, you. Was I, you a
0: battalion commander at the time?
1: At I was not. Time? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Uh, I became a battalion commander in 2021. So okay. in 2020, I was uh, I was in I was in Korea. In fact, in February of that year, I got promoted to lieutenant colonel, and then um, the COVID is occurring, and and we're hearing about it incessantly on the news. And, um, and and I'll be honest with you, I was very skeptical from the very beginning. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I was the genius who knew exactly what was going on. No, but what I'm saying is, is that what I was hearing every day incessantly, you know, the narrative that was being spun, I was skeptical from day one. So then in the summer of 2020, I, uh, I left Korea and I went to Fort Leavenworth, Kansas to go through a, uh, a year long course there. So while I was there, um, this was this was about the time that the uh that the shots came out they were not mandatory yet but they came out people started to take them and then in 2021 i left fort leavenworth kansas and i uh i went to fort campbell kentucky and that is the home of the 101st airborne and uh i showed up in june of 2021 to take command of a battalion so i took command of that battalion on the 10th of june 2021 and this would end up being about two and a half months before the the mandate would actually become officially implemented. So when I take command on June tenth, twenty twenty one, I would say that the uh, the writing was on the wall. We we knew the mandate was coming. I knew that I was going to be on the uh, on the outside, if you will. Um, I very much knew that. I, I I knew the situation that I was walking into. Yeah. Um, I also am walking around with a mask and nobody else is because the policy was that if you were unvaccinated, you got to wear a mask. Now I'm not a believer in the mask. That's not, that's not my point. I think that's ridiculous, but, but it was the policy and I did comply with the policy because for me, I knew the Hill that my career was going to die on, you know, it was going to end up being the, the shot. I knew that was coming. Um, so for me, I had a very clear line as to, where I was willing to comply and where I was not willing to comply. And I was not going to take the shot. I did not want to order my troops who didn't want to take it to take it. Those were that those are red lines for me, you know? So when I'm in this situation in the summer of 2021, where I've just taken command, I know that I am not on the team per se. Yeah. I'm a battalion commander, but there are seven battalions in the brigade, the brigades, you know, for those, I'm sure you got some non-military listeners. So the the brigade is commanded by a colonel. The brigade in a a combat brigade is comprised of seven battalions. Those seven battalions are all commanded by lieutenant colonels. I was one of those battalion commanders. Well, the other six battalion commanders, I mean, you know, they're all they're all vaccinated. Brigade commanders vaccinated. The division commander, of course, is vaccinated. So I am uh, I'm not on the team. And I I think you you understand what I'm what I'm what I'm getting at with that.
0: You're a bad toenail. (laughs)
2: That's
1: right. That's right. You know, so, so, so I know this and, and I, I approach my brigade commander in the beginning and I say, Hey, hey sir, you know, you see me walking around this mask. Other people see me walking around in this mask. I know you're going to get questions like, Hey, brigade commander, what's up with one of your battalion commanders? Why is he not, why is he not getting with the program? So anyway, so I share this with the brigade commander. I know you're going to get questions about me. So let me just tell you, um, I'm not, I'm not going to get va- like. I'm not vaccinated. I'm going to get not going to get vaccinated. And he said, Hey, all good. It's not mandatory. You're, you're good with me. And I credit him to this day for that. Um, he was cool with me from, from day one in command to day 135 in command. Cause I was only in command for about 135 days. And it's, it's supposed to be a two-year position. Um, the brigade commander was cool with me. Now, in the end, of course, I got pulled out of command, but, um, but, personally he was always very good with me now i did,
0: did you let me ask you this did you get pulled out because refusing the vaccination yes yeah. or yeah not not because of your abilities to be that you know commander right right it's just you're not playing the game
1: right right so so when we when we move forward, so I take command in June. On if I if I remember the exact date, I believe it was August 23rd, 2021, is the day that the FDA supposedly approves the vaccine. Now there is there's a there's a whole problem there. I mean, there's a whole shell game that occurs and names of different, you know, supposed vaccines, and there's a whole bait and switch as to what was actually approved and what was not. I mean, this well, is
0: fraudulent yeah, me, from top to bottom. Yeah, let, let me add this to it. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. You remember that article talking about you know, the Army chaplains and all that? So mm-hmm. there was an Army chaplain in Camp Hafara, Kuwait, that is part of the Army Central Command microbiologist, biologist, part of the, the Army, right? And this is what he said. He said, Fisher, that's his name, Fisher, said that all three of the COVID-19 viruses or vaccines, not viruses, vaccines, that the Food and Drug Administration granted an emergency use authorization from Moderna to Pfizer to Jason Biotech have the same attributes. What that attribute is, no time in the history of America has this emergency conceptual idea of use authorization has ever been done right. So, how in the world can this bureaucracy called the FDA put that on not yeah. just the American people, but especially the military? They have. No authority because this thing was never ever tested through the right channels to right. ensure that the vaccine will work.
1: That's right. So you got a lot of you have people out there who think that there was an FDA-approved vaccine when really all the uh, vaccines were yep. still under emergency use authorization, which means exactly they, they cannot be they cannot be mandated for the, for the troops to take them. Absent some sort of uh, presidential waiver, which was, was was never granted. It came from the Secretary of Defense. Yes. So, but, you know, this, this supposedly occurs on August 23rd, 2021, and then a day or two later, the, the Department of Defense issues their mandate. So now, yes. like it or not, fraudulent or not, everyone believes that there is this mandate in place. And so um, so immediately, of course, you know, the military exerts a lot of pressure on everyone. And about two months later, at the end of October 2021, I was officially relieved of command.
0: Believable. I mean, this is, you know, being in the military, thinking about, you know, any any officer that I have experienced that has been relieved from command is because they cannot command. Sure. Right? They have whatever their issues are, and, and then they're relieved. And and most of the time, rightfully so, because, you know, they maybe they reach to a level of leadership that they can't handle. It's the same thing with a staff NCO, you know, staff non-commissioned officer, same thing that, you know, I dealt with. Of course, most of the time, a staff officer, staff commission officer, is just kind of held on and, you know, pushed aside until he gets retired and let him out the door. Uh, very seldom does uh, staff NCOs, at least in my experience, are going, you're done, you get a week left, you're gone. Yeah. But officers have a different perspective, and rightfully so, mm-hmm. because you are a tremendous representative. Of the morale and the ability of your fighting force, and when that degrades because of your leadership, you got to go. Yeah, and so this, this is, this is, Brad. I'm sorry, but th- this is absolutely incredible that the military just because you wouldn't, you know, stick a needle in your arm, yeah, yeah. is going to take your command from you.
1: It. It's it's crazy. So you're um. You know, with your with your background and the uh, the years of service that you have, because it's it's the same. It doesn't matter whether you're talking about the uh, the Marines, the Army, the Navy, the Air Force. Yes, when you absolutely. were in when you were in the United States military, we are very commander centric. You know, so yes. so we take command authority very very seriously. Whether it's at the company level, battalion, or above, it's extremely serious. And the reason is because. One, there's a large amount of authority, but there are also there are legal authorizations that come as a part of that command authority because you you are actually executing part of the Uniform Code of Military Justice. So it's it's a command is a big deal. And and at the battalion level, it's a a very big deal. And And I'm I'm very happy. I'm very honored to have been a battalion commander, one, to have been selected as a battalion commander and two, to have actually served even for a short time. But I will say the number one way. Typically, not not in my, just you know. Typically, not necessarily in this uh, this case. The number one way to get fired as a as a commander is through a moral failing. Okay. Oh my god. So so um, so I, I I just I want the the irony of that. Like under normal circumstances, the fastest way to get fired as a battalion commander is get a DUI, engage in some sort of impropriety with a right, subordinate, right. or. But, you know, some sort of moral failing, right? That will get you fired faster than a lack of tactical knowledge or, you know, yes. something else. I agree. Totally agree. Um, really. So, I mean, it just the irony is not lost on me that the, um, you know, typically a moral failing would get you fired. And I I feel like we got a lot of people that are that are failing morally <laughs> right now in the, uh, you know, across DOD, you know?
0: All right. So, right, we're going to take a break. When we get back. Yep. What we're going to talk about is your soldiers. Okay. Talk about the people that you knew that were part of your command that you relied on. You know, those Mm -hmm. staff NCOs, those people that were part of your organization, Mm -hmm. and how they took all this involvement that was going on. So Mm -hmm. don't go away. Don't want to miss the rest of this podcast with the great Lieutenant Colonel Brad Miller. Oh, I'm the Patriot Cause. Thank you so much for coming. We'll be right back. I will not
2: comply Quit trying to take me to task Cause I don't want to wear a mask Or take a vaccine that could maybe make me die They got no scientific dance To back that crap up All they do is feed us live a lie That's why I will since back last March, I've had an achy, breaking heart like old Billy Ray Cyrus I've been catching a case of the blues from the news around this damn coronavirus Now they're telling us we gotta keep our chin diapers up, even if we got the shot in the arm. Nobody's talking about exercise Or eating food that's fresh Grown from the farm That's why I will Not comply Quit trying to take me to task Cause I don't want to wear a mask Or take a vaccine that could maybe Make me die They got no scientific evidence To back that crap up All they do is feed us lie after lie That's why I will Show sure, them what non-compliance sounds like buzz. Ah, oh, hell yeah. Now listen, y'all. The only way to stop the violence is for us to break the silence right now. So if you tend to agree. evidence to pack that crap up All they do is feed us lies
0: Chris is the gunny, and you're on the patriot cause. Thank you so much for listening. Got a wonderful, wonderful guest on the show today, Brad Miller. Brad Miller was a battalion commander in the army, and was basically forced to leave the army uh, under the pretense that he wouldn't take the vaccine, and that is just not how. The military is supposed to work. This man was probably one of the, the best battalion commanders because of his heart and his training and what he did in his life to become to that point. And then the Army used the, the one excuse that this man does not want to, quote, follow the administration on this vaccine. So welcome back, Brad. Glad to have you.
1: Gunny, thanks again. You know, honored to be here. Honored to be speaking to a uh, a fellow patriot, somebody who's been there and done that, um, but at the same time knows knows what's really going on right now.
0: Absolutely, we're we're what we're fighting is evil against good. It's it's really that simple. Mm-hmm. And there's so many millions of people in this country that their eyes are closed. Sure. I mean, by closed is, you know, they're saying, remember back in the 60s when you had those people in San Francisco, love, not war and flower and all that stuff, and Vietnam vets were coming back and they were spitting on them, all that. This is the next level. Mm -hmm. This is a level of complete hate of the military. Mm -hmm. And as you know, I don't remember the general's name, but he was interviewed a couple months ago talking about the recruiting of the army. Sure, and we're talking thirty-eight percent down from the normal recruiting. Mm-hmm. I mean, why would any? Think about it, why would he, especially a southern individual that grew up hard mm-hmm. go into the army today when they're going to be subject to this quote. Yeah. Well, I guess what I call yep. Albert military. Does that make sense? Sure. Uh, yeah. Tell, tell us about your experience when you got ready to leave and the specifically the staff NCOs that were in yeah. your command. When Okay, great.
1: And I'm going to I'm going to ask you a question because uh, because of your experiences as well. Do you remember when you were coming up through the ranks, you know, about the time that you might have become a uh, um, a sergeant when you were really starting to to get into those leadership roles, you probably remember um, being taught by your mentors and those that were you that hey, listen, you gotta follow orders, but you're never obligated to follow an immoral, unethical, unconstitutional, absolutely illegal right. order. Okay. Absolutely so correct. so so let me let me uh let me start there. Let me explain that because you probably do have some listeners who maybe don't necessarily come from a military background. And a lot of people may not necessarily understand this point. So let me, let me explain it. So it's true that the military operates on, on orders. That is true. Um, It's true that you may receive orders that you do not like that you are still obligated to follow. That is true. You may find yourself in a situation where you're given an order that you think doesn't make sense, or you may think is not necessarily smart in those cases you can certainly have that conversation with your higher level commander and hopefully he's open. Now he may or may not yes. agree with you. And he may tell you, Hey, I got it. I understand your point of view, but I'm this is the way it's going to be, yep. and yep. you're going to say, Hey, I got it. You know, I gave my piece to the, to the boss. The boss told me to still do it. I'm legally obligated to follow this order. Even if I don't personally agree with it, all good. That is not the case when an, when an order is illegal or unconstitutional, immoral, unethical. Okay. That's that's completely different. Now you are not obligated to follow that order. And in fact, you are obligated to disobey that order. That's, and sure that, that's right. So so this is this is important for people to understand because um, you know, we've already talked about this, but you know, I was in a situation where I felt like I was being given an order that you know I could not comply with. And regardless of what the army told me. I didn't feel like I was obligated to comply with it at all, regardless of what was going to happen, you know, consequences be damned. So um, I, I had a great relationship with the, uh, with the, the leaders right around me. When I said the leaders right around me, I mean my subordinates, but that were also in leadership positions in the battalion. So in a battalion, when you're the commander, your right-hand man is the battalion command Sergeant major. And then you also have two majors you know, a, a, a commander is lieutenant colonel, the battalion commander, but you'll have an executive officer and an operations officer who are both majors. So these are seasoned, you know, seasoned field grade officers as well. And I was surrounded by great people. I mean, these guys were phenomenal guys, very, very smart. Um, they gave me my space to to uh, operate however I, I wanted when it came to the vaccine. I'm not saying they saw eye to eye with me, but I was also the commander. I mean, they probably weren't going to challenge me on it anyway, you know, but um but, uh, they, you know, I used to have these conversations with them, particularly with my executive officer, who's kind of the, um, kind of the two, I see of the battalion. And I used to tell him, Hey, I I need you to understand. I really may not be here much longer. And I, and I need you. I need you to, to just realize that at some point you may be filling in for me. And, um, I didn't always feel like he, he, I mean, he's a super big brain guy. I mean, you know, you know, really, really smart guy, but I think sometimes he didn't necessarily see it the same way that I did. And he would tell me like, sir, I think, I think you're going to be okay. I think you're going to be okay. And I would tell him, no, I really don't know that I am. I mean, I, I really may get relieved over this. Yeah. And I, and, and I'm willing to go all the way. I just, for the sake of the battalion, I need you to understand that sooner rather than later, you might be in my seat as the acting commander. Now that, oh, did, yep. that did end up happening. You know, that, that, oh. did, that did end up happening. He ended up um, as a major, you know, being the interim commander for a couple of months until the army moved in another lieutenant colonel who was actually selected to be the next commander, et cetera. Um, so I, I had a great relationship with my subordinate leaders. I, don't, I think they respected my resolve. I don't think they necessarily saw eye to eye with me, um, but I will tell you what's even more important. I knew I was not going to be in command for very long, and I knew very early on I could see the writing on the wall. I knew nobody's going to care about my tactical knowledge. Nobody's going to care about the way that I, whatever, am a steward of resources and assets here in my. Nobody's going to care about that, not because those things aren't important, but because when people look at my command, the only thing they're going to look at is refusal of the, uh, you know, of this of this order. So I figured, okay. How do I, how do I make my legacy um, so that when I'm gone, when people, when my subordinates think about that battalion commander, they only had for four and a half months that they remember, you know what, that guy told us that following orders uh, was important unless they're illegal, that that guy told us that, you know, you do the right thing, regardless of the consequences, consequences be damned. You do the right thing because it's the right thing. End of story. And that that guy was willing to throw his cards on the table and 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 walk away. And so Absolutely. I, I kind of had to realize, hey, this is going to be my legacy. It's not going to be, you know, whatever else that a battalion commander might 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 uh, carve his legacy because of his battalion's performance in combat. Now those uh, that, that's great. That's great. There are a lot of great battalion commanders out there. But I'm saying I realized early on. This is this is important too. And unfortunately, we just don't have that many commanders that um yep. that were that were willing to to see it the same way that I did. And I and, and I got I got kind of strong words for them if I'm being honest, bud. And I've and I've said this before and I'm gonna say it again. Um, I think at the top, I think DOD's run by criminals. And I and I say oh, yeah,
0: that, absolutely. And I
1: and absolutely. I say that advisedly. Totally, totally. That's right. And I think below the top levels at the mid levels on down, we, we got a bunch of commanders who are cowards, you know, we've all been there. I'm not going to sit there and tell you that I was that throughout my whole, whole life, I've always done the right thing. I mean, I I suffer from the same human weaknesses as everybody else. But what I'm saying is that right now in these circumstances, I got friends of mine that I'm kind of like, come on now. I mean, You, you know, you, you're 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 saying a lot of the right things, but where's your follow through? You know, where's where's your you, you got to walk the walk. You've been you've been talking the talk about doing the right thing and you know being courage. Hey, here's the thing: physical courage is important. You know what else is important? Moral courage.
0: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> the thing about it is, and um, Brad, I know you're you're going to understand what I'm talking about here is I've seen it in my career, and I know you have seen it in your career. People that want to climb the ladder. True. Right? And they're yes men. And that's unfortunate. I'm not not saying that you can have a perfect military Mm -hmm. with commanders that understand that. But here's the thing. I believe, and maybe I'm wrong since I've been out of the military for 20 years, but I think that a lot of these leaders coming out of these colleges have been involved in you know, self-centeredness, mm-hmm. importance of who they are, and not what is important or importance of a military, mm-hmm. of supporting, quote, the Constitution of the United States. Now, when you raised your right hand going into West Point, I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. Now, is there any quote that we've done as an officer, as an enlisted people that say, I will support and defend the president, I will support and defend the Senate, the House, the Supreme Court? Absolutely not. There's a purpose behind it, and the founding fathers understood that from the beginning. I'm going to support the country. What is this country? The country is the Constitution, it is not the internal desires of anybody in any office, whether it's in politics, whether it's in the military. And what you have done, which I am so thankful for. Now, you know, today you may look at it as, you know, a, a downsize of your life, mm-hmm. but that that is not the truth. The real truth is by standing up for the Constitution, you now have the ability to say, I am an American. Mm-hmm. I was in the Army. I commanded troops. I had integrity for what the military is and not what these pirates, these elitists, whether they're in the Pentagon or whatever, want. And that's a huge, huge statement for anyone coming out. Now, what I would like to do is introduce you to one of my best friends. He was a Marine colonel. He was a Mm -hmm. pilot, uh, A6EB pilot. And he was in Afghanistan, Iraq, you know, multiple times. Mm -hmm. He is a wonderful, wonderful person. And when he retired as a colonel, he went to Facebook. He went everywhere. He started bashing Mm -hmm. the federal government, the military and everything. And I was just, I was like, whoa, wait a minute, Shane. You're like, you know, I mean, they can take your retirement. I I don't care. Mm -hmm. What I care about is what I had seen. And he only retired about, you know, five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. So he, you know, he was in line to be a general, you know, in the aviation world. Mm-hmm. And he said, Nope, I'm putting my papers in. There's no way I'm gonna be involved right. in, a, in a military that is is like this. Until it changes, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna support it. And you know, 25 years in the Marine Corps, and all of a sudden he's just like you. You know, he's just like us. He's like, wait a damn minute. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'd like to see is many, many of us like you and me. Stand up and bring more people in. So, a great example, for instance, Convention of States, which I'm going to plug here. Mm-hmm. We have 290,000 veterans that support the Convention of States because they realize I can't do it myself, but at least I have some kind of arm. Sure. Right. To bring the states together. Now, here's the neat part. This is where we come in to support you, Brad, is this. We're not just going to a convention of states. We're standing a grassroots army in the local and the state and the federal level. Mm -hmm. We have had people that were part of convention of states that are now part of city council, school boards that got elected inside of state, Senate, House, and so forth, someday one of them will be in D.C. But the point is, this is how we do this. We do what you're doing to to get people informed and understand that America is still America. It's it's just being suppressed by this massive, elite, self-centered, multi-bazillionaire people Mm -hmm. and we can and will win just like we did in 1776. And that's what we're seeing. So I'm hoping, yep, I'm hoping and praying every day that, you know, I don't care if a Republican, Democrat, it it doesn't matter to me political-wise. What does matter is the people that go in there have the heart that we have. You know, that they understand that what the constitution is and why it is good for society. Communism has never been good for society. Look at what's happening in China. Millions and millions of people are tired of this crap. And and they're using military force, police force to to, to shut them up. Great example. I don't want to get there. <laughs> I
2: don't want
1: America to get there, so <laughs> yeah, I hear you fantastic, you know and 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 I just want to say, you know, probably kind of as we're starting to wrap up here, but you know what you said was was fantastically well stated. um when you were in the military, you do you take an oath to the Constitution. you do not take an oath to any man. you don't take an oath to the president. I mean, you know right. we, don't, we don't we don't have a a monarch here in in our system you know so there's no there's no oath of loyalty to a specific person it's to the constitution is the supreme law of the land and it's you know there's a there's an understanding there that hey we have institutions in this country that we are trying to protect and and one of the last things that i want to say because this is important is with the situation that i was in i felt like i was having to choose between you know, the military and the country. That should, it should never be like that. Those no. two should not be in opposition to one another. Absolutely. The military exists to support and defend the country. I mean, that, that's why you have armed forces, you know, to keep yourself free, to keep the institutions running on the, you know, Republican principles that, that our, our nation was founded upon. And when I say Republican, I mean in that we're a republic, not, you know, yes. a Republican party. Exactly. Um, and, and so I, I felt like, hey, the... The system is not functioning the way it should. I should never be in a situation where I'm having to choose between the military and the country. But if you back me into a corner where I have to choose, I got to, I got to choose the country. You know, there's a, there's an order of precedence here. You don't, you don't choose the military over the country. When you do that, you have, you have massive problems. I mean, look at countries where that happens, you know? So I stand, I stand with the country and I stand against uh, people criminals who have captured our military and that that is exactly what has happened and for other commanders at all levels you know I look at them and I say you need to wake up to what's going on because you're actually betraying your oath you may feel like you're being loyal you may feel like you're still on the team you're betraying your oath to the constitution and you're betraying your country and you need to wake up and you need to realize that is exactly what you're doing and
0: if I If I was still, you know, in your shoes, you know, had to, you know, be in the military over the last 10 years or whatever. (laughs) Brad, I I probably couldn't handle it. Yeah. Because the military I knew when I retired in 2002 is, is not, not even close to the same military that I know and have done research on and talked to. I have two Marine lieutenants that were, part of COS, they went to Hillsdale College, got commissioned, they're in the Marine Corps, and I keep contact with them. And, you know, these guys are going, this is insane. Sure, sure. How, how the military has shifted through command, through leadership, into, you know, representing, quote, the culture. Mm-hmm. Now, we we have to accept the fact that culture is what sends people into the military but you would think that the army the marine corps all of them you know we have a way of training a marine when he comes into boot camp by the time they're gone you can use whatever word brainwash whatever it's not brainwashing what it is is turning that person into a great citizen to support the constitution of the united states and i'm questioning brad is is our recruiting mechanism being diverted from that idea? Is it just, is it you know, becoming a a place for people to go to get a job? Mm-hmm. And that's something that's, that's terrible. That's a, now, that's last, question. last question I want to ask you is this. What can I and we do to help mm-hmm. you? You know now, on my website, you go to the patriottcause dot com. Mm-hmm. get the podcast, you get conventionstates and we also have which I'm part of, is veterans in Defense of Liberty. And the CEO, the director of that organization was a marine, last corporal, eventually ended up being a captain in the army as a, as a uh, surgeon, you know doctor. okay yeah, and he de- he delivered babies. He almost delivered my son in Hawaii. If it wasn't like two months when he left. Okay. I know I met him, and all I can, the point I'm making is he is doing great work of educating. Got generals that are part of his organization, and what they're doing is energizing veterans to go out schools wherever
2: mm-hmm. and
0: reinstitute the Constitution of the United States. Right. Right. And I would I would love to introduce you to him and he, he would love you, uh, tremendously. He, yeah. he is a great man. And, and
1: great. Yep. that would be great. And the, the last thing, you know, I'll say is that you alluded to this earlier and I believe 100%. So at the, at the end of the day, the, the foundational problem we have is people need to recognize that this is a spiritual war. You know, a lot of times yeah. we think it's political. It's really spiritual. What we, what manifests itself politically is really, you know, spiritual warfare at the, uh, at the foundation. And, um, how do we how do we combat this i think we do exactly what we're doing and and you've mentioned a couple in, uh, individuals you want to introduce to me and i've got a couple individuals that uh that i think um you would help with your platform you would help them sure tell their stories because they've got some compelling stories too and we're going to we're going to keep we're going to keep uh applying some applying some pressure yeah, this Remember? is
0: what i like about what i'm doing is i'm the quiet megaphone <laughs> You know, the leftists, you know, they go there and they protest, you know, abortion, they got the big gigantic megaphones and they get in your face and you know, I've been there, done that. And I'm going, okay, um do do you need like some kind of you know antidepressant to throw down your throat and you know, because they they don't have the ability to communicate, mm-hmm. you know, and and so, and this is the spiritual world that we're dealing with. You know, these are people that have been taken over by the world. The the culture, you know, mm-hmm. the secularism. They have no belief in God. They have no belief right. in, you know, right. where they're going and how they're going to live eternity. And if the world is not what they want it to be right now, they get pissed off about it. And unfortunately, a lot of them have a. Lot of power into this DC Washington swamp, right? And that's that's just part of the battle we have. So, yeah. but Brad, uh, oh what what a great pleasure to have you on here, uh, brother. You and I are going to be like stuck together. I oh, guarantee you. Right. right. I love you to death, and I look. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for your service to this great nation, and even more, what you're doing to, to open the minds of our citizens to understand that we are not dealing with a, quote, military decision. We're dealing with a rampant administration, a rampant, tyrannical world environment control over our country. Mm-hmm. and you're in the grassroots and that's how we're going to do it
1: thank you I appreciate it, thank you
0: yes sir, you have a great evening and I will contact you soon thanks
1: Gunny, I appreciate it thanks yes, for your sir. time like, so absolutely, have a wonderful evening absolutely,
2: you as well new. stand up for the flag and let's all reign the liberty Make a Ford and a Chevy, it'll still last ten years like they should. Cause the best of the free life is still yet to come, and the good times ain't over for me.